Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning. Hello. Welcome to Home Green Homes Podcast. I am Izumi Tanaka. I am a green realtor and a lead green associate in Los Angeles, and I am the host of this show. Today, I have Todd Lynch as my guest. Todd Lynch, he is an AIA, NCARB, LEAD, AP, BDNC, BDNC stands for Building, Design, and Construction, and he's a principal project planner for UCLA Capital Programs with specialty in sustainable design and construction of new buildings and major remodels from initial studies through construction and into post-occupancy. Todd has helped many campus projects achieve certification under U.S. Green Building Council's LEED rating system. While Todd is actively involved in sustainable design and building at institutional levels in several professional capacities, he's also a principal architect for a private practice of Sheriff Lynch Architecture. So today, I would like to talk to Todd about sustainable design and building in the residential buildings. So thank you, Todd, so much for uh, being available today. And I'm going to ask you, my start with the first question. Can you please briefly explain what LEAD AP means for architectural professionals? Sure. Um, well, hello, first of all, thank you for um, uh, having me join the, the conversation. And uh, I'm happy, yes. happy to be here. And um, so, yes, uh, LEAD, LEAD AP, the LEAD is a, a program that uh, has all sorts of uh, acronyms and, and uh, abbreviations. So just to, to uh, explain a little bit more what that is, uh, LEAD stands mm-hmm. for Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design, and it's a rating program that was uh, – has been developed, it's been around for many years now. It was actually developed in 1998, uh, uh, which was coincidentally the the year that I graduated from architecture school. So I feel like my whole career Mm. has been tied up in LEED ever since. And um, LEED is a, it's an independent third party rating system for buildings. And it uh, is a way, it it, it arose as a way to, be sure that both the uh, owners, the architects, the engineers, and the contractors building a building were all taking account of and and responsible for proving uh, sustainable measures were implemented on their buildings. Uh, you know, back in the uh, 80s and the early 90s, there was a lot of concern about environmentalism and being able to um, uh, address issues of global warming and so on. Uh, but there was also a lot of uh, varying information out there in the marketplace and there wasn't a kind of a clear standard. People would say that they were sustainable, but, you know, some people would be doing a lot more than, than others. So that third party right. standard is what lead became. And it's a rating system with 110 possible points and different rankings uh, that can uh, be awarded for um, how, how, uh, sustain, how many sustainable features a project is able to integrate effectively. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a LEAD AP is, is an accredited professional, so that is as a as an individual who has uh, studied with uh, studied the, the principles of the project of the uh, of sustainable design and understands how to integrate those onto a project. They also know the specifics of the LEAD rating system and what uh, is required for points, what kinds of documentation is, is required, what kinds of independent third-party um, 
standards are used, and then uh, they have also had project experience. So all of those things go into a lead AP's training. Uh, there's also another mm -hmm. credential uh, sometimes comes up called the lead green associate, which is a sort of entry-level version of that for people who don't have a professional background or haven't had the same project experience uh, up to that point. So in terms of your right. other question, what is the benefit of, of a, an architect with a lead AP credential um, or an mm -hmm. engineer or a contractor for that matter? Um, those individuals will bring to the project uh, a deep awareness of sustainability, of the features and components and considerations that go into making a building um, function well within its own climate uh, to tread lightly on uh, the Earth's resources, both in terms of the, the plot of land where a building is, is designed and built, but then also in the way that it uses energy, uh, in the way that it uses water. So it, uh, you know, it has plantings that sip water rather than mm -hmm. gulp it, and um, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't generate a lot of waste in the construction process. Uh, all of these kinds of things. And then lead as a process, uh, if, if you choose to go for the actual certification, uh, that, uh, that process involves the uh, Green Building Council uh, Certification Institute in, in Washington, D.C., which reviews the, uh, the various uh, credit categories and uh, basically affirms that the, the, um, the approaches that were implemented have, have been successfully done and, and, uh, and comply. And so it's, it's quite a seal of approval when a building earns a lead uh, rating of any sort. Uh, silver is an accomplishment, mm -hmm. gold is a great accomplishment, and platinum is a real achievement. So um, all mm -hmm. of those things are great. Yeah. So uh, before I moved on to the next question that I have prepared, I think um, I want to kind of point out that you know, there's some confusion about the certification as opposed to acc accreditation. And uh, yes. the certification is for the building itself. Like the buildings that mm -hmm. you design can be certified for the, the lead rating. And then accreditation is those who are involved in the, the building of those buildings that, like you said, have the knowledge and experience you know, experience and whatnot that could create a LEED certified building. Is that correct? Exactly right, yes. And yeah, yeah so yeah. There, there's sometimes confusion in those two categories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I often hear people say, oh, I have LEED certification. And, and um, uh, I think one of the uh, previous uh, guests, Stuart Cooley, who teaches uh, uh, sustainable design at Santa Monica College, has have uh, always pointed out to me, okay, so people are accredited and buildings are certified. <laughs> so it's something that to 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 be aware of. And you know, there are so many other certification or rating systems these days for green buildings, but LEED is one of the most um uh recognized, should I say, or um uh rating systems in the industry. Yes. Yes, and that, I mean, one yeah. of the great things about LEED is it really brings together all of these different disciplines, and it's been very mm -hmm. adaptable to many building types, and it's been uh, adopted in many locations around the world. There are yeah. uh, thousands of projects built and, and uh, rating systems that are, you know, in you know places all over the world, South America, India, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you know, Asia, and in many, many places as well. Right, yeah. Yeah, having... having um acquired the green associate uh, accreditation myself and when I was studying it for it uh, I was very um, 
in, impressed by the comprehensiveness of what this whole lead uh, entails. So, yeah, thank you. Um, so um, if a homeowner or property owner wants to design a new home or do a renovation, you know, what would be a benefit of how, how can I uh, encourage people to, to search for lead AP architects? And what would be the benefit of hiring people like you? So, well, a few things. I mean, obviously, those are the people who are best uh, equipped to uh, go through the process. In fact, there's even a point uh, in the rating system that recognizes mm -hmm. uh, having a lead accredited professional as part of the team. Um, mm -hmm. But it's uh, it can be a very complicated process, and there can be something of a learning curve. And so having right. that expertise in the team early on is very, very important. It also is uh, the kind of thing that it, it requires a lot of uh, – uh, of attention early in the planning process and then all through design mm -hmm. and construction. So it's not the sort of thing yeah. that people can easily come back to afterwards and say, oh, now I want to have a LEED certified building because I, you know, realized I did right. things. But if you didn't right. keep track of them and, and uh, you know, record them while you were doing them, then uh, it doesn't mm -hmm. have the same effect. There is a later mm -hmm. rating system. If you have an older building that you, you know, you're a property owner of and you'd like mm -hmm. to uh, – address issues and, and certify it as an existing building, that's a different process. But, uh, but mm -hmm. in, in general, the lead for new buildings or major remodels is something that you have to do as you're going along. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah. So having that expertise in your team and it's, it's, it's basically making the whole thing smooth. And it also is, is important. I mean, I find for larger university projects, it's really important to have uh, really an individual or a firm that's dedicated to that process directly mm -hmm. so that they can, kind of keep those elements in focus while the rest of the project design is going on because there's so many different aspects to, to this sort of work yeah. that need to get, you know, carefully tracked. Yeah. I yeah, I would I would agree with you about the fact that you should really bring in somebody like you in the very beginning to really start on the right foot. You know, I um my last uh podcast guest in fact, um uh, Beauty she had her own home renovated and updated into a, a passive house, but she shared with me that she didn't know to look for an architect who knew the green building or, you know, lead AP, let alone. And so she, whoever the architect she hired, um, when she expressed to them that she wanted to use sustainable material and she happened to choose a, uh, hemp, uh, creek and uh, but the architect didn't know about it, and uh, he did. The architect didn't know how to bring it to the city planning office to mm -hmm. to advocate for it. So I think it's really important for people to know to look for people like you, uh, lead AP, or at least have good knowledge of green building or sustainable building or designing. Yes, I mean I think so, that's that's important because a lot of these a lot of these measures and, and materials may be um, relatively new or innovative, and that's part of mm -hmm. the thing that makes them sustainable because there are a lot of embodied um, carbons and carbon and impacts to uh, mm -hmm. construction methods that are more uh, traditional, and so using uh, using those in, in slightly new ways or different ways will require somebody to be uh, up up to the knowledge, state of the knowledge on, on those topics. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, w yeah, when, when someone comes to you, 
um, to do a, a brand new construction or renovation of some sort, um, uh, you know, to make their structure greener, quote unquote greener. Um, what would be the first thing you do, and what would a, a lead AP architect like yourself um, do differently than who don't know uh, about green designing? So there are uh, there are a lot of uh, basically lead breaks down the the design uh, uh, task into uh, a variety of different sustainable. Uh, Considerations. There are different categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, some that relate to the site, some that relate to the the transportation amenities around the site or, or opportunities there. Um, some that relate to the energy uh, and the uh, the carbon emissions or greenhouse gas emissions that the mm-hmm. the, uh, the uh, house or the or the building entails. Uh, you know, it's water savings and then also uh, the materials that it consumes and how much they. Uh, produce in terms of waste both at the site uh, or uh, kind of environmental impacts off-site, making sure there are healthy materials that are integrated in the building so the building will have high uh, level of indoor air quality and, you know, light and air and and, uh, sort of temperature control that's that's easy and intuitive for occupants. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the things are buildings... better places to be more humane more you know they they improve uh everyone's uh productivity and well-being but it also uh it improves the bottom line in terms of energy savings and water savings and uh in some cases the addition of renewable energy to um to the house or to the grid um so all of those things mm-hmm. and at the beginning of the process there's a there's a, a, a checklist that um really kind of gets all of those issues out on the table. And because it's mm-hmm. a performance-based system, you're trying to you know, find a way to save as much energy, as much water as possible. And so you, you really get a lot of different options out on the table early. And uh, mm-hmm. I would think mm-hmm. for most owners, and especially for homeowners, that is uh, a great way to uh, kind of make make judgments about what's the right level of, uh, of investment or what are the best mm-hmm. sorts of systems. Um, you know, there are some of them that, that uh, can uh, – Add to the cost, but then pay back quite rapidly to uh, to sort of pay for themselves in savings. Uh, there are others that don't have to cost a lot in order to uh, to make a big difference. It might be something mm-hmm. like uh, the orientation of the house relative to the right. path, to the path of the sun, or whether the, the house is is shading um, you know itself, or you know has mm-hmm. has uh, you know existing trees that can uh, help to to keep it shaded and and uh, you know protected from wind, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, do you have any um, materials or te- technologies that I may not be aware of today that you you may you may know that are being integrated into newer um, new sustainably designed buildings, whether it's home or you know any larger structures um, that that you know because you probably at the you know front front line of all the new things coming up in the, on the market. Do you know any, do you have anything new that's exciting that you can share with there us? Are, there are lots and lots of new exciting products uh, out there. And I see uh, mm-hmm. many of them uh, kind of all the time. Um, it's, it's interesting. Some of them are more visible and more noticeable, uh, like mm-hmm. uh, solar panel technologies, which are very visible and, and generate electricity. Mm-hmm. And those are becoming more and more, uh, efficient all the time. Uh, they're also being integrated into 
materials that could be part of the envelope. There's a recent research mm -hmm. uh, breakthrough at UCLA where uh, photovoltaic uh, panels have been integrated into really very clear glass so that your windows could actually do um, really? some of the solar absorption and, and also block wow. the sun. Uh, the sort of UV of the sun uh, at once, uh, so and mm. still preserve a view and daylight. All of these kinds of things that are really, really nice, so that you can you can realize that benefit without um, having uh, necessarily a, a, a different element that has to get kind of added on on top of the building or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, mm -hmm. But then there are there are also technologies that are pretty invisible but are still doing a lot of work. One of them. Um, I believe it's called carbon cure concrete or uh, basically uh, concrete that entrains or also uh, coatings that entrain carbon. And they, they have a chemical formulation that helps them to prep carbon out of the atmosphere, similar to yeah. how a plant might mm -hmm. absorb carbon and, and help to reduce the overabundance that we have in our atmosphere today. And so that's right. a pretty great one because concrete traditionally has been associated with other kinds of emissions in the, mm -hmm. you know, the chemical process that generates it. And so being able to uh, take that, uh, material, which is present in almost every building, in terms of even you know even if it's an all wood building, it has you know, often has a foundation that's that's concrete or some kind of pad somewhere, and that's yeah. something. Um, it can um, it can help to reverse that that impact in a in a direct way. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, there are lots of great uh, uh, wood-based materials. There's a really exciting movement uh, that's gaining ground worldwide, and um, I think that it's a matter of time before we have something like this in L.A. would be uh, mm -hmm. mass timber construction, uh, which is, is basically using timber, which is a, a renewable resource in the sense that, you know, small, small trees can be grown back on a very regular and quick rate as opposed to, you know, sort of large old growth trees, which would you uh -huh. know, have been associated with some other uh, wood. But, um, you, you know, it's possible now to take those smaller um trees and be able to uh, integrate them into larger structural members by, you know, with the same sort of technology oh. that would produce a big blue laminated beam. Well, now you can make uh, structural panels that act like shear walls and heavy columns and so on oh, wow. that uh, are even capable of making high rises or skyscrapers. There are, uh, there's mm -hmm. a very tall building in Norway and then uh, I think it's a seven story building in Seattle that's been approved with this technology. And um, mm -hmm. so I do think that's the direction that's, that's quite exciting is, is really a matter of time before we see more of that as well. Yeah. Well, you are certainly involved in, you know, a lot of projects at much larger scales. And so um, I know that the technology is definitely advancing quite rapidly and do you think that the demand is actually keeping up with the advancement of the technology? I mean, especially in the residential, I think, you know, in the commercial buildings or institutional buildings, definitely I see that a huge movement towards building sustainably. But at the, you know, residential level, I, I'm not really sure. What, what is your sense? I mean, I think it's it's always been a little uneven, uh, you know, for mm -hmm. these projects to go. There has to be a commitment on the part of the owner and uh, and mm -hmm. also the designers, builders, uh, because really every uh, piece of the team needs to, every person on the team needs to carry some part of this through, and um, and that commitment is is really important. Um, you know, mm -hmm. California has very strong. Uh, 
building codes. There's a there's a building code called uh, Cal Green, which has been around since mm-hmm. 2011, and that um, mm-hmm. has actually integrated a lot of the uh, advances that LEED has has uh, successfully championed uh, to mm-hmm. to uh, kind of set set some uh, baseline standards that now really are uh, kind of the new um, the new uh, requirement, and that that has been very transformative transformative for the yeah. industry, especially in material suppliers and things like that. And, um, right. So that's that's affected basically the residential um, uh, market. I mean, certainly multifamily mm-hmm. and, and larger residential buildings are mm-hmm. uh, yeah. are needing to do that, and it's it definitely is is a good thing for an owner's bottom line. I think on a single family mm-hmm. residential level, um, I I know I've talked to many clients who want to do that and want to, may not necessarily always want to go through the certification, but they'll take a look right. at, at lead for homes and try to follow those guidelines. Try to follow the mm-hmm. guidelines of many cities, Santa Monica, Culver City, mm-hmm. LA, that have uh, right. you know strong uh, green ordinances as well, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and so many of those uh, elements are becoming standard. We're going to see more and more uh, solar arrays uh, in in the coming uh, years because of code advances mm-hmm. and the need to right. to basically move off of a fossil fuel economy onto a right. um, a clean grid uh, requirement mm-hmm. as well. So all of those things mm-hmm. they do pay benefits back to the owners, and there's there's a lot of interest in it. And I do think for resale value, that's something that I know new seller, new uh, buyers are very interested in. Um, you know, if you're choosing among multiple um, types of, uh, of homes or properties that, that are there, uh, the one that can say it's a green uh, home, is uh, a lead home or a, a passive home mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, other kinds of uh, certifications or features, I think that's a, that's a big right. distinguishing factor. I know that that's the case in terms of uh, universities comparing themselves to one another, or dormitories compared to right. one another, and, and uh, definitely, I, I I think that it, it, you know certainly uh, it depends on the market, but uh, you know newer newer homes definitely have been trying to mm-hmm. uh, emphasize that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Do you um, do you see or witness any resistance in the industry at all, uh, like building builders, uh, contractors? Um, uh, so far, what I've been hearing is that it's hard to really find contractors who are, well, first of all, familiar and capable of, you know, installing or integrating all these green materials or using the, you know, mm-hmm. the methodologies that are sustainably uh, operated. Um, it's it's not easy to find them. Is that your experience? I think that's true. I think that's especially true on uh, single-family scale uh, mm-hmm. construction. So um, yeah. many of the contractors that work on those scales projects are are smaller shops, and they you know they have a lot of uh, turnover mm-hmm. or subcontracting and so on. And, right. and frankly, this, you know, lead does require because of that proof. It requires a lot of documentation and kind of record keeping. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know from my my own home, you know the contractor that I had worked with, you know, paperwork was the last thing they wanted to do. So in in many ways, this circles back to your original question where, um, you know, what is the advantage of having a lead accredited professional? So somebody on Mm -hmm. your team that is is paying attention to that can can work closely with the contractor to let the contractor focus on building and just make sure that the, the features that are designed in that have uh, that meet the requirements are are right. accounted for supported. And so right. there's a yeah. lot, you know, lead makes a distinction between credits that have to do mostly with the design 
and the specification mm-hmm. of the materials that go into the building, mm-hmm. and then those that go into the construction. And you can get to a, a silver or even potentially a gold rating uh, by focusing mm-hmm. almost exclusively on the design credits. And so for mm-hmm. some teams, that might be uh, an, a good way to go. Um, yeah. I know that a lot of contractors are really interested in doing the right thing, but it, frankly, it's just the kind of uh, the wherewithal to uh, to track all of the um, yeah. submissions and to you know deal with yeah. that sort of aspect of it. That is probably the challenge. Yeah. And then I think right. also in terms of uh, bidding environments, you see um, mm-hmm. groups that are less familiar with these or think that that's going to take more time for them to to deal yeah. with. You know, that's when they uh, will give you a higher bid for something like that. It's, you know, it's right. frequently not the case that the materials themselves cost more, but they're concerned about the documentation or um, availability. Mm. And then, mm-hmm. you know, some some kinds of products like, uh, you know, uh, forest, forestry sustainable, sorry, forestry yeah. forestry, uh, stewardship yeah. council, FSC lumber, um, mm-hmm. Right is certified, and it has a it has an origin in a specific forest, and it's been carried through right. a certified shop all the way to mm-hmm. the project site. So you know that that has been a sustainably harvested tree, and you haven't committed, you know, you haven't contributed to clear cutting in your particular project. But there's a lot of mm-hmm. tracking that has to come with that, and that that costs uh, some amount of money. Right. So there is a premium right. on that lumber. It's not excessive, but right. it is. It is present and in, in, in construction, yeah. every dollar counts. So those, that, I think that you know, most of the resistance is not about doing the right thing or or uh, mm. resistance to sustainability so much as it's an economic uh, and time argument right. that concerns. Right. So yeah. So you almost answered my next big question of like, so does it have to be more expensive to build a green home? I mean, obviously, you know those the time factor is definitely a you know a economic uh, factor but uh material wise um so you you do think that it's uh, more expensive and if it, if it's true how much more expensive is it so there because have been a lot of um more expensive mm-hmm. sorry yeah, no, no, it's it's uh, it's a really important question, and there's a perception that it's more expensive, but in uh, in practice, it really depends on uh, the team that's working on it, how familiar they are with available mm-hmm. options, mm-hmm. and uh, and where things can be, uh, you know, procured or swapped around, and so on. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's an amount of cost that's just uh, part of the square footage of the project, right? It's going, you know, mm-hmm. enclosing this much space will cost this, you know, particular amount of money. And then it's a question of, of certain things like, is your lumber FSC certified? Okay, well, that might be right. a, you know, a 5 or 10% premium or something like that. All in all, mm-hmm. the, that's the order of, uh, of cost difference that I think corresponds to materials. So it's not significant. Um, the areas mm-hmm. where it c- could add up more are things like, uh, a, a, you know, uh, solar panel installation mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. Uh, can be a more expensive as a first cost to put it in, but then it also mm-hmm. has the benefit of paying back for itself uh, through, oh, you yeah. know, very low or perhaps, you know, uh, net positive energy, uh, you know, energy bills, right, where you, you, you don't end up paying mm-hmm. anything like that. I, I yeah. drive an electric car, yeah. and it's a great feeling to drive by the gas stations, you know, it did cost yeah. probably a little bit more than if I hadn't bought an electric car at the beginning, but that's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's an investment in the future. So, um, right, so right. there's, that, yeah. there's that aspect to it. It's, um, 
again, really, it, it does come down to uh, the uh, the individuals, and you, you know, it's there's a lot of good cost data on what available materials are, and in places like California, mm-hmm. where many of these measures are uh, required in one way, one way or another, uh, that also mm-hmm. means that the yeah. the absolute difference do lead certification. It, it comes yeah. down to the administrative cost of submitting and viewing right. the, the, right. the certification. Right. You know, so those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I know. Yeah, and, and, I know personally. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I was gonna say, you know, we still have the government incentives as far as the solar, and you know, we 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 can still get rebate for the next few uh, two more years. I think it's just the percentage is decreasing. You know, it's thirty percent now, but it's it's gonna be twenty twenty six percent or something. So yeah, there is That's there right. are many yeah aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, and you know, one interesting thing that's been happening lately in the wake of, of uh, fires and the um, mm-hmm. uh, the power outages that have been uh, necessarily imposed in some uh, mm-hmm. communities, uh, there's a lot of interest from businesses now in in uh, being able to uh, uh, last through some of that by generating some of their own power and having better battery storage yeah. on uh, on site, yeah. and even in something called microgrids, which allowed them to right. have. Um, Right. That sort of self-reliance, and and I think that incentive will also help to build out the green um, yeah. capacity of of the grid as well. Yeah, I agree. Well, I am running out of time. Thank you so much, Todd, for all your insight. Um, if anybody wants to contact you, how can they find you? Uh, so I think the best uh, way to contact me would be by email. Um, so uh, for uh, University email, I can be contacted through uh, my email at tlynch at capnet.ucla.edu. That's C-A-P-N-E-T dot Okay. I will make sure to put that in my show notes. Thank you so much, Todd. Again, this okay. is Home Green Home Podcast. I am Izumi Tanaka. I am a green realtor. And you can find me at homegreenhomes.com. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.